Welcome to FMH InsureCast, a podcast created by Farmers Mutual Hale, designed to deliver expertise and insights from trusted FMH team members and industry experts. Each new episode will dive into new products, industry updates, and innovative solutions. Let's get to today's topic. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the FMH InsureCast. I am your host, Ryan Bennis, and it is harvest season today. Um, On today's episode, it's all about record keeping and taking the right steps to make sure your production records are solid so there are no issues when you have a loss. In order to talk about having claims and losses, we do need to bring a couple of our claims experts in. And so joining me today as guests are regional claims managers, Bruce Van Lunen and Chad Gruen. Bruce, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit about what you do and where you're located. You bet. Thanks, Ryan. Like Ryan said, my name is Bruce Van Lunen. I live out in Hill City, Kansas, out in the northwest part of Kansas. I'm regional claims manager. I take care of, just to draw a picture for you, from West Texas, west of Lubbock, over at the New Mexico border, over to about Austin, Texas, and everything back up through the state of Texas into Oklahoma and all of Kansas. So it's kind of the footprint of the Mid-South region. Gotcha, gotcha. And Chad, same to you, uh, where you're located and, and a little bit about what you do. Thanks, Ryan. Chad Gruen, and I live in Prinsburg, Minnesota, which is more of the west central Minnesota, 100 miles west of Minneapolis. And I cover the northern region for Farmers Mutual Hale. So what that encompasses is all of Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, and uh, also eastern Montana. And it's really great to have you both on here because you guys have a little bit different perspectives. And Chad, especially in your region, it's 2021. It's October 21st here. Um, pretty major drought in the Dakotas, which you cover. And so you're going to have plenty of losses. Bruce, you're still going to have some, but maybe not as many. But Bruce is also dealing with a lot more irrigated crops. And uh, Chad's got things like sugar beets and dry beans. And so we, we get a different variety from both of these, uh, both of these two. So steps towards receiving a claim payment is really what we're here to talk about today. And you're going to hear me ramble on a little bit here. Uh, Being the sales guy, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the policy, but then we're going to bring in Bruce and Chad to talk a little bit more about actually preparing for that adjuster visit. And uh, as I go through here, again, Bruce and Chad, jump in if you have anything to, to add. So first things first, we have to finish harvest. So we can't complete a claim or record any production until all of our production is accounted for. Typically, you're finishing harvest by being actually done with all of, all harvest, but there are circumstances where we actually don't finish harvesting before December 10. And December 10 is an important date. That is the end of the insurance period. And bottom line, what that means is that anything that happens to your crop after the 10th of December for spring crops is not going to be accounted for with a loss payment. So typically what we do is we'll actually perform an appraisal on the 10th of December for any unharvested crops. Chad, anything to add there? Yep, that's correct, Ryan. So December 10th is uh, the date for um, a lot of our row crops. Um, We do have some other crops, such as uh, in my area, we have the uh, dry beans, so the navy beans, pinto beans, um, black beans, that uh, they would 
Um, the end of insurance period on that is October 31st. So we're getting close to that. Um, I believe most of those are out, um, but we have had uh, um, kind of an unusual fall where we've actually been really warm this fall. And uh, we just, I think in Southern Minnesota and parts of South Dakota, um, we just had our first frost um, last week. Um, so there were some dry beans and some soybeans that have remained quite green and even started to had put some new leaves on and new pods on um, earlier this fall. So, um, but um, if it gets to be the end of the month, yeah, we're going to have to come and appraise it um, unless there is an insurable cause of loss that uh, has caused that crop to remain out there. So that's going to be on a case by case basis. And uh, we would encourage the producers to make sure they turn in a notice of loss if that crop is still out there at the end of insurance period. So um, the AIP, so such as Farmers Mutual Hale can make that determination. No, that's great. And I would just add, for most of us in the Midwest, that's probably not an issue here in 2021. But if we go back a couple of years, say to 2019, where we got planted very late and it was just generally a wet year, now all of a sudden there's a lot of crop that needs to be appraised at that time of year. So next question then, okay, we finished harvest. Now, do we have a claim? And uh, whether or not we have a claim, of course, is going to depend on the policy type you have and the level you have. So I'm going to quickly go through and just remind you how your policy works. So um, we have lots of add-ons, such things as ECO, SCO, margin protection, and area plans. Those are all determined on the county level. So we'll leave those alone. But the three policy types that we do ensure most commonly for row crops are a revenue protection policy, a yield protection policy, and a revenue protection with the harvest price exclusion policy. So a quick run through of how each of those work, specifically in 2021, where our fall prices are higher. And so we'll start with an RP plan. The RP plan is by far the most common plan out there, and you'll understand why here in a second. But we started this spring, I'll use corn as our example. It's the most widespread crop that we insure. Corn this spring was $4.58 for all of those that had a 315 sales closing date. $4.58 in the spring. We are three quarters of the way through the pricing period in the fall here. And that current price for corn is $5.31. So the rule of thumb here is when the price goes up, my RP plan works just like a yield protection plan. The difference being though is for all the bushels I fall short of my guarantee, I'm going to get paid $5.31. A YP plan is going to pay me $4.58. So quick example, 200 bushel uh, APH. I have an 80% level policy. That's 160 bushels guaranteed to me. If I have an RP plan and I harvest 150, I'm going to get paid 10 bushels at $5.31. If I have a YP plan, same thing. I'm 10 bushels short, but with YP, I'm only going to get paid $4.58. Now, what's the wild card? The wild card is an RPHBE plan, and it is probably the least popular of these three, and you'll understand why here in a second. But basically, that RPHPE plan doesn't look so much at bushels anymore. It looks purely at revenue. And so when prices are higher in the fall, we actually take our trigger for RPHPE down because we're multiplying those harvested bushels at a higher fall price. So as opposed to 
the RP and YP policy, the RP HPE trigger is not 160 anymore. With a 531 price, the trigger is 138. And so if you actually have 150 uh, bushels that you've harvested, there would be no claim with an RP HPE policy. So those are your three policy types when the price is going higher. We went through a long streak of 2013 through 2019 where the price kept going down. And when the price went down, your triggers went up. And so I think a lot of producers are like, hey, what's my trigger? Is my trigger going up? No, not in 2021 because that price is higher. You get a higher price, but your trigger remains the same. Other thing here to note is your unit structure. Um, most producers nowadays are doing some sort of enterprise unit. Uh, we do still have several doing optional or basic as well, but you got to know what unit structure you have. Also determine whether you have a claim or not. We do have some resources for that. Number one is a summary of coverage, which we send to you about three or four months ago. So if you're super organized and you still have that piece of paper, you can look right at that summary of coverage and you can tell you by unit or at, in a total for the enterprise unit, what your guaranteed bushels are. We also have trigger yield reports, which you have to get from your agent. Your agent can also send you that summary of coverage, but that's where you wanna to look to to see if you have a claim or not. And of course, the final step here is turning in a claim. Um, and you wanna call your agent to do that. You cannot turn in a claim yourself and you have to let them know so that they can turn it in. And you do wanna do this timely. There's limits on when a claim can be turned in. I'm gonna put, maybe Bruce, I'm gonna put you on the spot because I don't remember off the top of my head how long do we have after uh, we've harvested or after the price has been set to turn in that claim. You bet, Ryan. One of the biggest things that we look at right now is if they do notice that there has been damage out there, we'd like to have that turned in within 72 hours after initial discovery of damage occurring. Um, and same thing would go if they noticed that they did not meet their guarantee with production that we would like to have that loss turned in also within the 72 hour time frame. So, you know, like you've got here, you know, get these insureds, the, the farmers to get their claims turned in as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the insurance period, you know, like kind of you and Chad alluded to, if we still have crop out there in the field, we'd like to have them turned in before the end of those insurance periods. And then with some of these revenue products, we've got like 45 days past the end of the insurance periods to get some of these revenue products turned in. So, you know, we could be looking at the latter part of January 1st of February to get some of these revenue products turned in. So if a guy's on an RP plan, you know, we could be looking towards February, but the quicker, the better, you know, we want to get these claims paid as quick as possible, get the claims turned in so we can get the payments back, get the, you know, turn the process as quick as we possibly can. Yeah. And, and I would just add, there is a point where it does become too late, right, Bruce? I mean, that um, discovering a claim, you know, eight months after harvest, um, sometimes yeah, we, we're not able to work with that. You bet, Ryan. One of the biggest things that like Chad and I and our adjusters, we hate to have is a farmer turn in a claim and we can't go pay it, especially mm -hmm. when there is some production loss out there. One thing to add here, and this is, this is just an FMH standard. Um, it's something we, we aim to hit. We don't do it 100% of the time, but something that um, we, we pride ourselves on doing as much as we can is once that claim has been turned in, our adjusters are trying to get a call set up or uh, reaching out to the insured within 48 hours. Uh, so once that claim has been turned in, 
typically you should hear from an adjuster within 48 hours. Now, Chad, in your area this year, as busy as you might be, there might be some times where that doesn't happen, but as much as we can, we're going to try and be within that 48-hour window. Um, Chad, I'm going to kick it to you then. So, so we've made the, the, the call to the agent. We turn in a claim. You heard from the adjuster. They want to get out there and visit. What are the things that our, our producers, our farmers should be doing to prepare for that adjuster visit? And we do have two different uh, uh, claim types, I guess, that we'd like to talk about here today. So we're going to start with just our traditional records. We'll talk about precision here in a little bit, but somebody preparing for a visit with traditional records, what do they need to have ready to go? Yeah, for those uh, that have harvested, completed harvest uh, on the traditional side, um, we just need to know where that grain is located. So if the producer had brought uh, the loads to town, we need to get an assembly sheet um, with all the all of the loads brought. And then also if there's uh, grain stored on the farm, we're gonna need to go measure those bins. And uh, so we just need, uh, the biggest thing is just being organized and uh, knowing where the grain is at. So I know we have a lot of producers in our area that have enterprise units, um, but on the enterprise units, they still have the uh, optional unit um, base. And so they have a, every database, every section is set up with their own database. Um, and so even though you're enterprise that we're gonna be combining all of those, uh, that crop and that production for a particular county, we still need to, uh, if you want to maintain those optional unit um, databases, we've got to have that production um, separated. So whether uh, it's bin markings, um, a lot of times when the producer and the adjuster um, make their initial contact, that's what the adjuster is asking is, uh, do you, how do you plan to separate your grain? Um, and so if we've allowed uh, bin records, um, whether they keep mark the bin. Otherwise, a lot of people in our area, they'll use their combine monitors as a soft record or their um, grain cart loads or combine loads. So if that, we would just need a kind of a contemporaneous uh, ledger uh, stating, you know, the dates that you uh, and how many loads came off of each field. So a lot of our um, producers will, will measure 100% of the grain and then what we call is we, we end up prorating it based upon those, um, what we call soft records. So those combine monitors, those, uh, um, the load records. And, uh, but I know we're gonna get into some of the, um, when the combine monitor can be used as just a hard record and also Bluetooth grain carts. Yeah, I can tell you firsthand from uh, my first time in crop insurance, I came into it as claims. I was in my, my lower 20s. I climbed a lot of bins. <laughs> they call me bin monkey, right? That's what everybody that's young that comes into this industry uh, that's working some claims, you're going to climb a lot of bins. So very familiar with doing that. Uh, Bruce, anything to add as far as traditional records that might be somewhat different by you in your area? Yeah, I like your analysis there, Ryan, of being a bin monkey. I can I'll never forget the one of the times that they brought a lot of my staff and myself up into Iowa. I was going, holy cow, what is this all about? Don't you guys weigh anything? Why do you just dump it straight in the bin? You know, because 
you know, and Chad and I, we've discussed this quite often, you know, the country is very unique to its own area. And within my region, we are seeing a lot more grain bins going up over the last five years. I think a lot of that is directly, you know, our farm community is getting a lot more active in their marketing of their grain and, you know, by them having it on their own farms and they're able to do a great job of marketing, they're capitalizing on the market. So we are starting now to see a little bit more bin measurements that our adjusters are having to do. You know, I remember talking to Chad back some years back. He's like, it seemed like every claim we have, we climb a bin. And down here, those few years back, I'd tell Chad, we very seldom climb a bin. And, you know, it was just a perspective of different areas. But one of the things that we really run into, and I would encourage all of our farmers out there, is the thing that would help expedite a claim, sometimes we run into this aspect, we get a settlement sheet, which Chad referred to like as an assembly sheet up there. But within that settlement sheet, they have multiple units within the one settlement sheet. And they know where all the tickets went to what farms and everything. But one of the biggest things that we run into is within that settlement sheet, we need all of the loads or the tickets on that settlement sheet to be accounted for. And a lot of times what we run into is we get there, well, these first five, you know, they went over here to section two, and that's the only place that I have a loss. Well, then we might have another 15 loads that are on that same settlement sheet. We have to account for where those loads go. So it just takes a little process. We might have to get back with the insured and, and you know, figure out where all that went. So, you know, like Chad mentioned, just be organized get everything in order makes the adjuster's life a lot easier and it definitely will make our farmers lives a lot easier when it comes through the complete claim process now add uh, one other thing ryan um with assembly sheets or settlement sheets is that uh we've got to account for a hundred percent of the grain so we've got a lot of um, insureds that share and so of some of that grain might have gone to a bin. Otherwise, it's part of the uh, assembly sheet or settlement sheet, but um, it may only have just that uh, portion of that insured's grain. So we need to account for 100% of the grain that came off of that particular unit. And so we would need to get the other records from the shareholder, the tenant, um, and have that. And also, if, if it is in a different bin, that's where the adjuster is going to ask, is this everything that came off of that unit? And we would have to go measure um, the other shareholders' uh, grain. Right. And Ryan, one thing that I would also go back yeah. on, you know, you were mentioning a lot of the enterprise, the basic, the optional unit structures. One thing that we run into on the enterprise and the basic unit structures is they know where their loss was, but they don't know what type of unit structure they're under. So one thing that we see quite often is this basic unit where maybe they have three basic unit, you know, unit 101 three times or unit 100 three times, and they only give us the one location that has a loss. And then we have to go back and get the other two to account for all the production. Very similar to what an enterprise does. We got to have all that production. So, you know, understanding the unit structure, that's a huge situation. Uh, great, great information, guys. Um, so I think we should transition here to talking about settling claims using precision records. And I can tell you from 
the perspective of somebody who did climb a lot of bins when it was zero degrees and it's very cold. Uh, using precision to uh, complete a claim is not just helpful for you as a producer, but it's helpful for us too. And it will help actually complete your claim faster and get us off the farm quicker. So I'll just start by saying most producers that are using precision for claims have already used it for acreage reporting. And there's different requirements for both. And I'll repeat what I did in the, in the previous podcast. If you do want to use precision for a claims process, we need three things. We need a planting map, a harvest map, and a calibration report. Chad or Bruce, if you have anything, any details you sometimes miss on one of those three items that producers should have if they want to do a precision claim. Well, one of the things, uh, Ryan, that we've seen come through is there's been some partial precision. And, you know, that goes to planting and the harvested side of it. For the aspect of planting, maybe they didn't get all of their data recorded. We don't want them to throw up their hands because maybe they didn't get all their data recorded so they can't go complete precision. But yet we can still record and bring everything in that was recorded via precision. We can still bring it in as records and we can get that into their planting and get their acreage reports done. And then on the acres that we don't get planted precision wise, we just do those as traditional. But then we take that a step farther. So all the acres that we have via precision that are harvested via precision, those make a perfect lineup. We can take those harvest maps, we can take our planting maps, we can take our calibration reports, we can get all of those units worked very quickly and get that process moved through. But then the acres that were non-traditional that we didn't get the precision on that we have to go back to the traditional ways of getting a 570H, getting all that verified. But maybe you know, the insured was out there and he did all the precision aspect of it. We can still bring those records in for the precision harvest. We just have to bring that in and get another source of documentation to put it all together, just to give us a complete verification that takes us forward in that claim. So just because, you know, and it might be the other thing too, maybe the guy had some fields out there that he did all the precision on, but for some reason, you know, harvest was fast and furious. We don't want our farmers to stop harvesting just because maybe some technology went down. So maybe they have a couple of units they were waiting for their specialists to come out to help them get some, you know, components of their precision uh, dialed back in. They had to cut a couple of fields. So those traditional records of whether it went through the Bluetooth grain cart or maybe they hauled all of those loads to town and we have settlement sheets. We still would have to capture all of that as a traditional method, but anything that they've done, you know, and they've done precision with that combine and they've done their calibration reports, man, we want to work with them because, you know, one of the biggest things, and, you know, I'll kind of allude to something here. One of our big insureds in Southeast Kansas in the past, it's taken us four to five days to work his whole policies up, traditional method. He has gone completely uh, due to the precision. He's gotten away from the traditional methods, all precision now. We're able to start those claims in the morning. We're walking out of there shortly after lunch with all of our signatures and claims are being ready to go uploaded for payment process. So 
you know, we took a four or five day window and closed it completely down for one of our producers in Southeast Kansas. Right. Now, I just saw a, a tremendous amount of time savings in addition to just leveraging data that we're re- recording already. And of course, reality life gets in the way of, of uh, recording perfect data all the time. And we recognize that. And so we're willing to work with, with producers that don't always have 100% perfect data. We can oftentimes use portion of it, as you alluded to, Bruce. And so I do want to add, because we're talking about precision, and this goes for acres or, or for, uh, for production, uh, that data is often coming to us through our policyholder center. Uh, the producers can actually sign into our policyholder center and connect their account so that they can get information to us as quickly as possible. And you'll see that expanding here over the next year or so, where even more things you'll find in the policyholder center are very useful for the producers. So if you're an agent or a farmer out there and you don't have a policyholder account uh, set up, it's a, it's a good time to get one started. Chad, anything to, to add to our conversation here specifically about precision uh, records and claims? Yeah, just uh, we have a tremendous precision team uh, specialist, and now we've had some uh, additions this past year in the field. A lot of the producers that maybe had their agronomist kind of had to wait for the agronomist to go through their records or their dealer, our precision team can now take that data and run it through our system, no matter uh, whether it's field view or um, what other, you know, John Deere, doesn't matter what model or anything that you have there, um, we can run it through our system. And so that's, that's been a huge help. Um, just having those uh, people out in the field, helping out with the precision side. But then another question I know it comes up is on, on moisture, you know, during the calibration and the moisture of those fields, uh, the moisture, just, we're going to use an average moisture from the sensor of the combine, otherwise uh, average of moisture from the grain cart, if, uh, if that's somehow recording it, or if you're manually testing each load, we can use that for the moisture, average moisture for that field. So, and calibration, I know that we've said that we just have to have it, uh, just have to have it dialed within 3% uh, per crop once a year. I know I'm just talking to a lot of producers, they're constantly calibrating, you know, whether it's a single point system or a multi-point system, we've got to get it calibrated to the manufacturer standards. So that's going to be the first key. Um, but I know talking to a lot of producers, it's, they want that thing dialed in. So we've had a lot of producers in this area switching between crops. And so that's when they kind of notice um, I've got to calibrate again um, to make sure that it's um, recording correctly. So the producers want these things uh, dialed in, you know, they want a good snapshot of how much grain they have on the farm and how much to market. So it's a win-win, like you said, it's a, it's a great chance to use it as well for the, the crop insurance side. Um, another option of us not having to measure the bins is if we do have that bl- uh, Bluetooth grain cart and we have some producers that, you know, multiple combines, but they have one grain cart out there. And if all the production went through that grain cart, as long as it um, can um, record on the fly and on the every time and date stamp. Um, so there's different uh, qualifications for that. But if it takes uh, its Bluetooth 
capable and records every load um, as long as it uh, gives us the proper information and individual loads um, we can use that as a as a hard record as well so we've been seeing more and more of that um, but the biggest thing is that make sure that uh, all the grain went through that grain cart um, i know you alluded to um, the drought that we've had in the dakotas this year um, so there's been a quite a few fields um, that either didn't get harvested or did not need a grain cart because uh, the entire field would fit in one or two semi loads. So, um, so it's uh, pretty bad in some areas, but um, in other areas where we are using the grain grain cart, um, yeah, that it could be a possibility of um, using that as the uh, the hard record. Great information. Um, you know, sometimes we even forget this, but it's it's good to mention. Um, Farmers Mutual Hail is probably the only AIP that you'll hear from encouraging producers to settle claims, audits, et cetera, with precision data. Uh, there's a few AIPs out there that will accept precision data for acres. Even then, they do it a little differently than we do. But not only are we encouraging using uh, precision records for production claims, audits, but we've done it a lot and for a while. So um, sometimes we even forget that that does separate us a little bit. Um, so I'm going to maybe shorten up this next section, but I just want to hear from both you, Chad and Bruce, maybe the number one mistake you just see during a, a claims process. And it could be about traditional or precision records, doesn't matter, but maybe just the number one mistake you see. Go ahead, Chad. I'll defer this one to you right quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say the number one mistake is uh, just a late notice um, on an annual basis as far as uh, not being able to um, process a claim just because of the timeliness of the claim um, that we kind of mentioned earlier. It's got to be reported um, within 45 days of the price being announced on the revenue products. Um, but yeah, that's uh, probably the number one mistake is just not having that uh, timely notice. You know, I don't know if it's a number one mistake, but I think it's probably one of the biggest mistakes that occurs that we try to get the communication out there is the commingling of grain without any records to support the commingling. And, you know, if we're like Chad mentioned, you know, they got the drought going on or even in good areas where that's good production and then they just move to the next field. And, you know, it all gets dumped into the semi, but we don't have any records of why did it come off of section one and we went to section two, but we don't have any records of how much grain. So that one, you know, it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does happen, it becomes a big issue. So I would say that's probably one of the biggest areas of concern that I would tell our farmers, hey, keep great records of all production. Excellent stuff. Now, Chad, I'm just going to switch gears a little bit here, but obviously we've mentioned a couple times now uh, your area was hit with a pretty severe drought this summer, and it's going to result in some some bigger claims. So um, that can lead to audits. So two questions. What triggers an audit and, and what are some things that uh, producers, farmers should do to prepare if they're if they know they're going to be in an audit situation? Yeah, what triggers an audit is going to be. Um, a lot of them that we've seen this year is uh, 200,000. So when a, a particular crop and it's on a county by county basis, 
when a particular crop, when the indemnity is going to go over 200,000 for that crop, um, that's going to trigger an audit. Um, RMA has um, kind of limited or kind of helped uh, the AIPs out that not every one of these claims that uh, reach exceed over 200,000 um, would need to go through the review process. So they have given us some exemptions on some policyholders, um, but Another potential audit would be any conflict of interest that you may have with uh, an AIP employee or the agent um, or a particular agent is the uh, insured. Um, there too, RMA kind of filters through those conflict of interest and uh, they do have give us an, uh, a list of producers that would be exempt from that. Um, but if you do have an audit, uh, that's something why we would want that notice of loss right away. Uh, the adjuster is going to be able to see if it's going to trigger an audit. And if so, we have a compliance team um, in each of the same regions that uh, Bruce and I manage that uh, the compliance team would get involved right away. And that's one thing. If we know about it, um, you know, on the front end, multiple, you know, days, weeks, months before we actually settle the claim, then we could have a lot of the um, groundwork done, all the background audits of the APHs uh, completed. So by the time we are um, able to settle the claim for the current crop year, we can go ahead and process the payment for it. Otherwise, if we just find out about it um, just prior to settling the claim, then uh, we're going to have to wait until compliance um, is able to go through all the, the different uh, file reviews and the APH reviews before we can settle. But that kind of goes back to just that record keeping. Um, you know, we've got multiple entities out there. And so keeping that, uh, those records uh, by the individual units and by the crops, uh, keeping those, keeping good records, um, that, that sure helps. Great, great. Uh, Bruce, anything to add there? Biggest thing is Chad hit it pretty hard. And I think keeping records is the ultimate. Awesome. All right. A uh, couple other tips here before we wrap up. Um, direct deposit. Uh, Bruce, can you talk to producers or farmers out there about why direct deposit might be beneficial to them? Well, I think one of the biggest things, you know, that's going to be the greatest benefit is, you know, you want a quick turnaround to get your check into your hands. It goes right into your bank account. You don't have to wait on the mail to get there. I would say reach out to your agency force, go through the policyholder center, but that check would be you know, that payment would be made available to you, but direct deposit is a good way to go about it. And, you know, anymore, a lot of our stuff that, you know, we do just personally is a lot of direct deposit. Yep. And just to recap that, so you can go to your agent and just request it. It's a simple form. All that form authorizes us to do is pay you and not take any money out of your account. So it's a one-way uh, path of the money there. Okay. Chad, uh, we've talked a lot about claims, audits. Is there anything different about keeping records when there is no claim um, that farmers should be aware of? Yeah, when there is no claim, um, they're going to want to keep uh, good records just in case of that uh, potential APH review that would be coming in. Uh, the adjuster, we do have some situations where uh, if we have a ramp policy, um, not sure whether we have a claim yet or not, you know, the adjusters will go through the process and go ahead and record all of the production for you on a non-loss situation on the multi-parallel. 
and potentially just a ramp claim or a private product claim. But uh, if there is no claim um, and the adjuster is not gonna be coming out there, yep, just give as much information to your agent. So when they report the production for you, uh, they, they can maintain that, th those records in the file. Um, so that's something that uh, we see a lot of, and especially on the precision side of it, um, that those uh, records that you would have been given to the uh, adjuster in a claim situation, go ahead and give those uh, calibration and yield maps to the agent and they'll keep a file for you. No, that's excellent. Um, last thing here, I'm just going to recap a few of the things that we talked about. Uh, one, make sure you know what kind of policy that you have and your unit structure. Your agent can always help you out in determining what those thresholds are that would uh, result in a claim. So reach out to your agent if you're not sure. Record keeping, you've heard that probably 10 times now. The better records you have, the quicker you're going to get paid and the fewer mistakes that you're going to have. Um, and, and I will add RMA, um, who, who um, basically administers the program, did put some extra teeth into the penalties if we do have incorrect production in our databases. So if you get into an APH review, even for years where you didn't have a claim, um, there could be some, some penalties that come there if those bushels were not recorded correctly. So do keep good records when there is or is not a claim. Um, and basically you'll be better off because of it. I'll leave the last word for you two before I sign us off. Anything else to, to mention to growers before, uh, before we get harvest completed here and into claim season? I guess one question that we get quite a bit right now is um, when payment is due, uh, on the, uh, the, when the policy premium is due, um, but we also have a claim, um, I always just recommend that the uh, producer just go ahead and make that payment because um, we can't guarantee any time frame on the actual claim itself, the claim payment. Um, but we just go ahead and just recommend that send them that claim payment. Great. Bruce? Yeah, the only thing I would want to wrap up here, Ryan, is for all the producers, if there's ever any questions, keep the line of communication open with your adjuster that you have working your claim. If in doubt, you know, give them a call, talk things through so we can get these claims worked timely and efficiently. And, you know, I guess the last thing I would say to all of our producers out there, you know, hey, thanks for putting a trust in Farmers Mutual Hail. Absolutely. And, um, and best of luck to everybody who is finishing up harvest and, and those of you that already have. Have a wonderful fall. And uh, this has been the FMH Insurecast. Have a great day. You've been listening to FMH InsureCast. We appreciate you joining us today and would like to hear from you. If you have questions about today's topic or an idea to share for an upcoming podcast, you can contact us at fmhpodcast at fmh.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast is intended for information purposes only. See policy provisions, terms, and conditions for details. Products underwritten by Farmers Mutual Hail Insurance Company of Iowa and its affiliates, West Des Moines, Iowa. Farmers Mutual Hail is an equal opportunity provider.